preparation is overrated for this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but this is one of those ones I need to put prep in. I've I've done a bit of work, so we'll see see what happens. But... For the villains, yeah. What work do you? Good evening. Welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. I'm getting a chance to say hello, so I thought I'd make the most of it. I loved it. No, it's a very stripped back affair this evening. Affair being the operative word. No Duncan, no Tom. They've both been killed for their meat. Yep. And very tasty too. Which meat we're talking about there. So it's just me, I'm Russ, and Dan. How are you? Good, yeah. Um, raring to go. This is one of those ones where I've actually had to do a bit of work before the actual pod. So, well, I think I think this is one of those. Let's be honest. This is one of those ones yeah. where we find out who actually makes a difference. To the <laughs> doesn't, and there might be some uh, might be some streamlining that we need to have a think about. It's very true. That. Yeah, it would be nice to cut down on the payroll. As cut down well. the payroll. Cut down on the, the excessive toilet breaks. Yeah, the stealing of post-it notes. Yeah. It's all like minor. It's all like it's not really stuff you could go to HR about, but it it niggles, you know. Yeah, I've I've uh, I, I spend slightly a lot of time taking in... the piss on the the vaping breaks, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I I spend a lot of time in HR, so uh, yeah, our HR department is, you know, an RHR department. Our HR department. Sally's lovely though, so you know she understands. That's good. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to go Wait, with this. Don't make any further comments before you actually get into trouble. Yeah, no, as in, like, I'm talking our oh, too much time on our hands HR department. Mm-hmm. There's, it's, it's, you know, it's Sally, it's Fred. And... Is he trying to think of a name? Yeah, and uh, I need my D and D random name generator. I'd say you can you can come up <laughs> with five random dwarf bandits nah, it's all off a list, the top mate. of your head all online you Thank can't you. think of the name of a normal person that might work in an office yeah so we got fred sally and i know you said jack but well, i know a jack so he's he doesn't work in hr i mean we could have one anyway yeah a different, a different jack loads that of them. would make sense it's another guy called dan it's so I was, weird i was nearly called jack but hmm? then, uh, i was nearly called jack but then really? i wasn't yeah i mean that's about it as far as the story goes i was going to be called christian mm-hmm. but um uh, the Elton John song Daniel happened, and then I was named Daniel. I'm named after the Elton John song, which I think is quite That's cool. Nice. I used to hate that, but now I love it. And if I was a girl, I'd be called Joanne. I don't know what I've got now. That's it. <laughs> Does Tom have all the good anecdotes? I don't believe that. Like, No, um, don't let it get into your head. No, He comes out with 100% pure shit just as much as you do. Uh, I think that's it. I think there's just like it's unfiltered shit between you and me yeah. now tonight. I'm quite excited, though. Anyway, Good intro, what are we way. talking about tonight, Daniel? We are going through the final four Super World Cup of movie villain entries. Super World Cup. <laughs> That's a bad start. We're going through the four finalists of the World Cup of movie villains. Now, we already know who's made it through to the final. I don't know whether I announced that, so I don't know whether to say anything now or save it till the end. Well, let's, so we've got the... I can get the finals for east and west up so we can have yeah. a look at like the final eight if you like so like the final four from each one yeah no i've I've got the final four yeah i've not done anything for the other four that didn't make it so the final oh, yeah, eight no, that became the final them. four but we know who the final two are from east and the west yeah right cool um but i don't know whether i announced that i was meant to do it last week i don't think i did it let's assume that mm-hmm. nobody was paying attention. We'll just do it anyway. I don't believe that for a second, Russ. No, couldn't possibly. No. Right, who are we get? Who are we going to look at first? Darth Vader. Buckle up, guys. I've got a load of stuff on Darth I Vader. I believe here. I've heard of him. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, in case anyone doesn't know, what we're actually going to do is go through, like, a little bit of history on each of these characters, um, some interesting facts about them, and then discuss maybe discuss what we like about them. You know. Like Tom not being here for Darth Vader is is interesting because he's read like all the extended universe stuff and mm-hmm. he would love this shit. So, oh well. Um, so, Darth Vader is unsurprisingly a creation by George Lucas for the movies Star Wars. 
a Star War. A Star War. The, the original Star War, to be precise, the New Hope. A New Hope. Good Lord. Darth Vader's signature look and breathing has terrorised kids since the 70s. He's one of the most recognisable villains in movies. I mean, it is an absolute signature look, isn't it? It is. That is exactly what RuPaul will call it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she would approve of Darth Vader's look? I think if you tried to do it now, you wouldn't get any sort of... like. You'd have to imagine that being the first time you'd seen that. Yeah. I you remember... Sort of, it wouldn't be considered very original if you... I remember up on the catwalk with that at the moment. One of those weird memories as a kid. I remember my dad's mate turning up to a fancy dress party dressed as Darth Vader and me absolutely shitting myself nice. and just running away. Um, so central villain Darth Vader uh, was in the Star Wars story from the get-go, but uh, had a number of different names. Uh, in the original treatment, was known as General Vader. He was known as one of a few Vader-esque characters, including Prince Valorum. Uh, the leader of the Knights of Sith, Kane Starkiller, a half-human, half-machine cyborg. Second draft then changed General Vader to Darth Vader and took on like all of an amalgamation of all those when things. You, when when you hear about all this like yeah. backstory, this is the stuff that Lucas was scribbling in his notebooks. It it does feed into that. Guys, is Star Wars actually rubbish? <laughs> it feeling, really does. Is at the back of everyone our age's heads. Further further to to the other idea, which is that George Lucas just got really lucky like mm. <laughs> uh, surround himself with a lot of very, very talented people we'll get into that in a second um, Darth Vader they had this idea that they wanted it to be a riff on dark water they liked the idea of like something that was sounded similar to dark water so uh, they picked the name picked Darth and one of our listeners can correct me on this potentially uh vader is a play on the dutch german word for father uh vata vater yeah i mean it is basically the word father and it's meant to be dark father yeah yeah and all this was before that that's a retcon isn't it because they didn't think he was their father to begin with no that's to say that 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 was why they they didn't they called him that but yeah at this point he wasn't luke's father there was Mm. there was no way he was the guy that killed luke's father um, throughout the whole of New Hope, that was still always the plan. So, uh, yeah, all this despite not actually having the shock twist in place at the time. Uh, in second treatment, Darth Vader, he was a seven-foot-tall black knight of Sith with features obscure, obscured by a long-flowing cloak and breathing apparatus. Uh, the right-hand man to the master of the Sith. Uh, this treatment also had him with a showdown with someone called Deke Star, Deke Starkiller, who then later became... Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, Ralph McQuarrie was brought in to help sell the film to Fox. He said he needed to put Darth Vader into breathing apparatus because there was a belief that he was going to move between two ships at one point or another. Um, okay. He intentionally makes the made the grill look like teeth when doing the designs for this as well. So there was literally Dutch word for Vader. Thank you. Thank you, Pass. Um <laughs> It was on the fourth rewrite that Luke is then put in the backstory for Vader. Vader killed Luke's father, resulting in a duel between Ben Kenobi and Vader, which resulted in, in him falling into a volcanic pit, which is why he needed the suit and mask. This is pretty much exactly what happens in Revenge of the Sith as well. Mm. So, like, not much changes from this point. All the sketches from Ralph McQuarrie, uh, they put the one only... All the sketches from Ralph McQuarrie were used to put together a suit... Uh, there is one Vader suit in New Hope, and it costs $1,173 to put together. Uh, John Molo was the costume designer for the original trilogy. He used the sketches to put together a costume that drew influences from both Samurais and World War One trench armour. Uh, the helmet was sculpted by Brian Muir, um, who was on the payroll of Elstree Studios at the time. Muir would then go on to be a sculptor for films like Alien, so the uh, space mm-hmm. jockey was him. Uh, Harry so that was Potter, all done at Elstree as well, wasn't it? Was that sorry? That, that was, was Elstree. Yeah, Elstree. yeah, basically anything at Elstree. Uh, Indiana Jones, The Ark of the Covenant, uh, James Bond, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a couple of the spaceships, and also the Stormtrooper helmets he designed as well. Oh, wow. Sculpted. So, like this guy was, you know, the shit when it comes to sculpting. Um, so they needed a man to fill the suit at this point, and that was bodybuilder David Prowse. Um, he was basically the go-to big guy in a number of things up until this point. Played a minotaur in Doctor Who, and he was a, a, a bodyguard in, in Clockwork Orange as well. Um, 
he was offered the role of Chewbacca or Darth Vader, uh, and Church decided to pick Darth Vader because he thought villains would be more memorable and had no clue that he'd be wearing a mask the whole time <laughs> at this point. Um, shooting starting in 1976 with getting in out of the costume was a bit of a hassle. The lightsaber fights in New Hope, the stunt coordinator devised a fighting technique that was somewhere between fencing and broadsword fighting, uh, which meant that the bodybuilder David Prowse would regularly snap the lightsabers, apparently. I think they had a nightmare with them. They were really fragile. Yeah. They had this little spinning, rotating reflect like a retro reflective core yeah to get the um to get the glow and then they'd, they'd use that as the sort of the trace to rotoscope it out it must have been an incredibly painstaking process it sounds and crazy. let's be honest looks a bit shit yeah and you can see why they're they're very kind of like tentative with them like do we really need to hit them okay but there was also, like, also yeah. this stuff like um about I think Lucas was of the opinion that they should be heavy. Yeah. And like it should take effort to to drag it around and swing it around, which never made a vast amount of sense. No, he quickly shat that one out the window as well, didn't he, when uh, the the prequels happened. Yeah. I don't know what, like, I've never... It's it's whatever you imagine it, really. I never thought they were completely weightless because it is... It is matter, isn't it? The um, the beam. It's like super accelerated plasma or I some, always, some bollocks. But there's not e- very much of it. It wouldn't weigh a lot. Even when I'm doing a lightsaber with a torch, like like pretending a torch is a lightsaber, mentally it feels heavier than a torch. Like I, yeah. I know, I know it's not. But like I've always imagined them to have a little bit of weight to them. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Maybe not as heavy as a sword, but. But definitely enough to give you a bit of momentum on like a follow through with, with it as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the lightsaber fight does look a bit pants in New Hope because I think they were scared to break the swords. Like whatever they say about fighting styles somewhere between fencing and broadsword fighting, not much happens in it. Like no, I don't think it was like now when they'd spend six months in sort of choreography training. Yeah. You gave you gave Alec Guinness a sword and said, right, fight that guy. You gave <laughs> Alec Guinness and make it up as he went along. Uh, serious actor and David Prowse, as Dan points out, the Green Cross Code Man, swords, and then asked them to yeah. duel, basically. So, yeah, it's it's not necessarily going to work. Uh, David Prowse expected to be the voice of Vader. Okay. I don't know why he thought that. No one told ridiculous. him he wasn't going to be the voice of Vader. Uh, George Lucas had different thought. Uh, the first person he called was Orson Welles to to be the voice of Darth Vader which would have been interesting but eventually went with James L. Jones James L. Jones read his script in two and a half hours he came in there's not a lot to it is there no exactly he came in did his entire script in two and a half hours fucked off perhaps the unsung hero of what makes Vader Vader is Ben Burtz Ben Burtz is a sound designer for A New Hope and already given the lightsabers their distinctive sound, the sound of the blasters and R2-D2's voice. Um, Vader originally added a selection of bleeps but decided they were too distracting. Can you imagine that? Like <laughs> Vader in the corner. <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop. Yeah. Um, so instead, he visited a scuba diving shop, put a mic in a regulator and recorded him breathing in and out. Mm. And like, that's just like the signature you would recognise hearing Darth Vader before you'd recognise seeing Darth Vader, I think. Like, it's, it's such a yeah, such it's, a moment in Rogue One, for example. Like, where it's all dark and you can hear him, but you can't see him. I do love all those stories about how they just go out and record weird stuff to get sounds. Whereas yeah. now, you can imagine a lot of it, someone sits down at a computer and starts twiddling parameters on some audio engineering programme. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the same with uh, classic albums being recorded, isn't it? Billy Irish the blaster go sound is like um, metal cables and yeah. they're tapping it with something and the sort of the reverberate oh is it really yeah you can you can see them doing it mm. um, yeah on... it works so well it's, it's got the blaster sounds are amazing like they sound it just sounds meaty doesn't it it's, it's, it's mm. so well done and loud it sounds incredibly loud so then on to Empire Strikes Back um they made a few small changes to the costume, mostly adding to the comfort of David Prowse, letting him get in and out of them. And also they made numerous costumes this time, meaning that they could, if it broke, they could just replace the parts. 
the obviously the big part of empire strikes back is the reveal uh they only told james l jones david prowse um that that was going to be the case up until then the script didn't even have that uh him saying that he's luke's father Mm. mark hamill's reaction was entirely improvised which is i fucking love mark hamill so like he didn't know at that time that what was in the script was that he was telling him that he killed his father so then when he comes out with that then we get that reaction to it oh nice which is awesome return of the jedi uh the only change there they, they changed the helmet and obviously we got a new darth vader for when the helmet came off sebastian shaw so fucking poor david prowse yeah. like <laughs> so like even at this point going nah you're not the right guy uh, so the helmet comes off we'll get sebastian shaw okay what about being a force ghost oh that's a great idea yeah get sebastian shaw to be the force ghost as well mm. poor david prowse will be what i would say comes from this darth vader the man himself the man in the costume who is actually darth vader gets no love throughout this franchise pretty much uh so then revenge of the sith is the next time we saw him as darth vader we got a lot of whiny anakin up until then but we don't really like to include that um first time we see inside the mask in revenge of the sith uh which includes which includes the computer hard drives collar spikes and nose plugs and there is that one oh, you get one a of, shot of it sort of coming yeah. down at his face don't you yeah my favorite bit at that point is when the mask turns on and you get a really high-pitched whine i can't oh, oh well, you sort of hear him take his first breath as yeah. well yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's, very that's cool, the though. one good bit in it but yeah it's yeah the, then then he ruins it five yeah. seconds later yeah no yeah that's not good dan says david prowse got screwed out of a paycheck as well I'm, I'm sure he did i have no doubt about that um but then that's the next time we saw darth vader and really it was on the back of taking any kind of fear out of darth vader and we thought that might be the end until Rogue One. And Rogue One brought back the scary Darth Vader as well. It's meant to signify the um, the the death of any of his humanity, is, is what's been said. That that moment where he's just killing all the, all the, the rebels on that spaceship is meant to signify him really? just like becoming the complete... I didn't see like, that as like a moment where... What, in Rogue One? Yeah. I didn't see that as like a, yeah, that's like a pivotal, I, I thought that was basically just another day at the office for him. Apparently By not. that point, I think, I, I, I imagine that he, that's just how he spends his time. Well, no, he spends his time in a giant back tank trying to heal his legs, which is never going to happen, bless him. But um, the castle of Mustafa was originally designed from like the second iteration of the the the, the uh, drawings of uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, some really old concept art for it, isn't there? Yeah, and they use those for uh, what what it ends up looking like on on Rogue One as well. Obviously, you get with the, we get the incredibly funny um, joke as well about don't choke on your aspirations. Or I don't something. mind it. I don't mind that. Joke. I don't mind it. Like he's dropping puns. He's dro- it's not the first time we've heard Vader drop puns. Uh, Dan says he's already murdered kids way before that scene in Rogue One, but there's always that sense of regret. Is the point? This is there is no regret about what he's doing in Rogue One. It, it, seems, it is what I I, I I I saw the him fighting Obi Wan as the the moment he loses all traces of humanity. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, but the, the, this but, is you know, I mean, you know, it's it's Star Wars. You can interpret it how you will. Um. Apparently, Hayden Christensen nearly played Darth Vader in that scene, in, in this film as well. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered, would it? Because you don't see him. I, I'd have still known. I wouldn't have liked it. I'd have known. I, <laughs> I don't want that, really. So yeah, Darth Vader. Badass, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. cool. So, I mean, like, I don't think there was much doubt about his progress through to the final no to to the to the eastern conference final one of the yeah. two whatever yeah. in, in in his conference yeah, yeah. um yeah. don't think there are any close calls or particularly like oh that's a tough one matchups mm. with him it's more like ah, oh, well so long whoever's up next to vader yeah do we do we announce who who's gone through yet i can bring up i can bring up the um thingy he's in the east isn't he yeah or do we announce who's gone through from each of the conferences well, i mean people have seen this already have they 
No, yeah. but that these are the finalists for each conference, right? I'm talking about we know who wins each conference. Oh yeah, no. So I'm not sure. So this is just this is just the fi- showing the final of mm. the uh, East Conference. So who's Darth Vader? He's taken out da, 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 the operative, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Scar. Yeah. And Magneto it's on his way to closer. the East final. Yeah. So yeah, some pretty some you know he didn't have he didn't have an easy time of it. There's some pretty pretty big hitters in there. Should we do the Joker then next? Yeah. So that's his East Conference <clears throat> final opponents. This is a story that starts. I was, in was, no- I was sad to see the Sheriff of Nottingham go so early, but I, I'm there wasn't a lot of chances. There's though. there's there's been a few in this one that I am quite surprised by. I'll leave that there. Um, the Joker. Let's start in 1940. The Joker was created by Jerry Robinson, Bill Finger, and Bob Kane. Uh, uh, this, be, this is going to take hours, isn't it? Yeah, buckle your, up, guys. Your history uh, of the Joker. <laughs> uh, to, to be in Batman number one. This comic was also the first appearance of Catwoman and the first time we see Batman's origin story as well. Um, first of millions of times we see Batman's origin story. Um, there are three different accounts of the origin story, depending on who you ask, whether it's Bill Finger, well, been who you asked bill finger bob kane or jerry robinson the general consensus seems to be that this seems to be that jerry robinson designed a joker playing card design bill finger then took inspiration from a clown faced logo from coney island and a picture of conrad veit veit who played a permanently disfigured constantly grinning character in the 1928 movie the man who laughs which is relevant because that is also the name of a storyline in the comics as well. Um, Robinson and Kane were credited uh, for the creation of both Batman and the Joker up until very recently before Bill Finger actually got some credit that he thoroughly deserved for it. Um, it's a bit like Schuster and Siegel with uh, Superman, them just not getting any of the credits they, they deserved for Superman. Bill Finger was frozen out because Bob Kane turned out to be a bit of a twat, basically. Um up until this point batman had fought in detective comics fairly typical mobster types batman was created because that was the big problem in america at the moment in their eyes was the rise of the mobster the rise of organized crime Mm. Uh, much like superman was created to be an all-american hero to to pull people together batman was created to deal with mobsters and this was the first villain that wasn't a typical mobster essentially he was a psychotic killer at this point between 1940 and 1942. Joker uh, was a mani- went on maniacal killing sprees using his signature venom, which is still something we see today in iterations of the Joker. Um, this point, though, we hit a more elaborate era of the Joker, setting comical traps and heists. You, I mean, you'll have seen them in in all kinds of different. Uh, early Doors comics as the Comic Code Authority came in as well in 1954. These became much, not necessarily tamer, but they became much more comical, much sillier. You might have seen the slot machine that he used to try and kill Batman and Robin. Um, And then this obviously leads to what we saw in the 1966 version of the Joker as well. The first, I think it's the first live action, I might be wrong on that, but the first live action Joker uh, played by Cesar Romero who refused to shave his fucking moustache. Uh, but he still looks amazing. I love the Cesar Romero version of the Joker. The 1966 Batman doesn't get enough credit because it was... Like, I can't imagine a world where you don't have... You you, you love Batman and then someone actually brings him to life and I don't care how goofy it's going to be. If this is what you've got, then you're probably going to like mm. it. Um, once again, taking on the... The the uh, comical ways that he employs to to kill Batman and Robin throughout the series, um, but equally still quite scary. I remember being a kid when watching it, and still being quite scared of Cesar Romero's Joker. Like he looks like the Joker. For Pretty starters. sinister. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think he does a really good job. Like the whole the 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 feel of that 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 series is very. I want to say comical again, but it is very kind of tongue-in-cheek. But still, there's something, as you say, quite sinister about Cesar Romero's Joker. Yeah. Um, from this, 
the comics wanted to take Batman in a darker direction. That's where Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams came in. To taking Batman and the Joker into a dark direction, which then saw Frank Miller's rebranding of Batman as well in things like um, uh, Dark Knight Returns, in which we see the Joker that was seemingly cured, but then isn't. I, I don't want to ruin it. If anyone hasn't read it, it's really worth a read. But that led to a perfect storm of... I'm trying to hop between what gets to like the live-action versions of the Joker or the, the TV versions of the Joker. Uh, the 1989 Batman movie portrayed by jack nicholson which i didn't realize this was a thing but apparently this was the role he was considered to be born to play and when you watch it you can see it the man is chewing the scenery well, he's chewing all of the scenery there is no scenery left by the time the end of the film but he is so perfect in that role yeah it's it's uh, i think it, it is un- though that era of batman movies yeah it's very easy to look down yeah oh i think you've frozen russ for me, yeah. Oh, there you go. Hello. Have I? Now you go. Well, I can yep. still hear me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really all that matters as long as I can hear me. I can hear you. Russ, yeah, but the, the Tim Burton ones yeah. are cracking. They're great. And once again, they were dark at the time because up until then, in terms of live action Batman, what we'd had was the anim- the um, 1966 series. Yeah. And like, it looked ridiculous, hmm. but that ridiculous, crazy gothic version of of gotham which doesn't look like a real place hmm. at all is a lot more enjoyable than um than the the dark knight versions where it's just like well i, I recognize that and hmm. that and it all just looks very realistic it, well it is I, I went on a trolley we'll get we'll get to that in a second but um then potentially the two everyone's two favorite versions of the joker so we had mark hamill doing the the voice for the animated series joker which is i think my favorite version and i think a lot of people's favorite version he is incredible in that mm-hmm. um just just he was born to be the joker but like he is luke skywalker but he is so good at, pl- at doing the joker that that it uh, it just works so well that that whole animated series is a perfect melting pot of everyone at the top of their game at the right time and it still looks fantastic as well they've done an amazing job there and then we got the punk rock joker 20 years after jack nicholson and this is the one that made it through because nicholson didn't make it through the heath ledger version of the joker uh arrived in the dark knight the sequel to batman begins the christopher nolan versions of the batman films of of batman um role he got a posthumous award for i say he's a, he's a punk rock version of the joker bringing back the mystery to the to the role as well ledger's joker is heavily scarred anarchist always one step ahead of the main lead as well that's what i love about him like this joker is always there's so much that goes on in that film mm. and at every point until the end and whether i like the end is a different matter but and Till the end, he is um, always one step ahead of the game, and I really like it. And as you say, it's, it's a more gritty, realistic Gotham as well because it's Chicago. It's just Chicago. Like I, w- yeah. yeah, I went on a like, trolley. They, they didn't really make much effort to try and make it not look like Chicago. No, they they almost made an effort to make it look like Chicago. I went on a trolley tour in Chicago, and they. Um, and the, and the, the every stop was and this was this scene from the dark knight and now if we go around the corner and this was this scene from the dark knight and this was the bridge scene from the dark knight where the uh the lorry flips over uh, the joker and like so much of it was filmed and you can see it you look yeah this looks exactly like that bit in the dark knight so yes yeah, it's some pretty well known um locations and streets and things that they use mm. Except for those bits where it's just very obviously New York. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Gotham's just Gotham, isn't it? It's not... People say it's meant to be Chicago. People say it's meant to be New York. But it's, it's probably something... I, I don't think it's here. meant to be a specific city. I always sort of saw it as more of like a mix of mm. like New York and Chicago. It's the sort of the older, more East Coast-style cities. Yeah. What do you think of Heath Ledger's Joker then, Russ? I mean, I, re- I I really enjoy it. I don't think there's, there's not going to be a prick and try and pick it apart. It is an 
absolutely astonishing performance. Yeah. It's, it is taking something that we've not seen before and, and doing really interesting things with it. Yep. And um, you know, he's, he is scary as well as being ridiculous. Every, I, I think Hans Zimmer gets some credit for this as well. There is so much tension in this film. So yeah, especially any, when he's on screen, because you just do not know what's going to happen and yeah. what he's going to do. Yeah, because like, it's not even like he'll do things that are not rational and are mm. not in his own self-interest, because he just his mind does not work like you would expect one to. No, but he damages the psyche of anyone that com- he comes up against in that film as well. And it's brilliant to watch, like the bit where he's at the party with the knife. And there's the I think that's the first time he mentions about his scars, and mm. like it's been it's been done so many times in in spoofs. Um, but um, it's it, it, at that point it was still like you're on the edge of your seat and you don't know what he's going to do next. And even though he's got his knife in the person's mouth, you're still like he's not going to do it. And then then he does it, and it's yeah you don't see it. It's, it's you know cuts away just in time but still it's pretty grim yeah. dan dan says he thinks the first uh batman was set in new york i think it was set in chicago because i think he was i mean batman originally was meant to deal with oh the first i think when batman first started it was set in new york i think it was set in like chicago. When, it, when it was in action comics yeah i'm pretty certain it was meant to be chicago because it was meant to deal with uh organized crime because and then stuff. um superman had new york with metropolis well, that is a question that can very easily be answered by going to Wikipedia. Yeah, well, that, Dan's my Superman go-to. He knows so much about him, so he would know that as well. So I mm-hmm. I, I, I trust that maybe he, he's, he could be right and I could be wrong on that one. But um, yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker is it's understandable how he's made it this far as well. Like he is, of the last 20 years, probably one of the best known villains that we've seen. One of the most interesting villains we've seen as well. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the, one of the apart from like Thanos, one of the more mm. recent villains on here. One of the more recent villains, and one of the most interesting comic villains we've had in a while as well. Yeah, I've also very specifically yeah, so let's see who who did he beat? So the Kurgan, I mean, bit of a bit of a cult favorite there. Yeah, so bit sad about that. Really much of a, but then Hannibal Lecter in the second round. Yeah, that is a that is a tough that's tough a hell of a scale. Anybody. And then Ursula. Going classic. Disney. I thought Ashley was going to go all the way at, at, at one point because, like, she had beaten Hans Lander. Um, Hans Lander and Oogie Boogie. Yeah, oh, maybe not that big a deal, but yeah. And then taking out Palps himself in the semi-final. There was part of me that thought we might get a Vader Palpatine final here. Yeah. Um, I have written here as well, and then there have been no more versions of the Joker, except for um. What's his face in the movie Joker? Joaquin Phoenix in the movie Joker. But between Joaquin Phoenix's version of the Joker and Heath Ledger's version of the Joker, there have been no other versions of him. Yeah. Right? I don't remember one. Nothing nothing um, that left any sort of impression. No, definitely. Well, it def- well maybe. <laughs> maybe. Not a good one, though. So, do we want to know who went through out of these two? Should we announce one of them now? Yeah, go for it. I was surprised. So it's Vader or the Joker? I mean, like, there is not an obvious answer here. I was still surprised, though. I'm going to take a beer first. Dan's taking a tension drink. The Joker went through. Whoa! I know, right? So yeah, the Joker well, is our first finalist. Hmm? Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. I mean, there's not. A, I think there's not a bad answer to that. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to have seen Vader go through. But uh, it's you kind of so, cut out the, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'd like to see Vader go through, but but I'm I'm fine with it. So uh, okay, right. Next up, then these ones might be a bit quicker because um, well, so much of Thanos' backstory is just unfathomable bullshit. Um, so <laughs> I, I desperately tried to, to to truly get to grips with 
<laughs> Bass has said boo. Um, to truly get to grips with Thanos' backstory, you'd need to have read all the storylines he's been involved in. And I'll be honest, I've not read. I've read some of them. I haven't read all of them. And it's quite confusing unless you've actually read them. Yeah. Um, Thanos first appeared in Invincible Iron Man number 55 uh, by writer Jim Starlin. It goes without saying that Thanos drew inspiration from uh, Jack, I Kick Kirby, Jack Kirby's creation, Darkseed. Um, and Starlin created him in a psych, uh, psychology class, I believe, prior to working in Marvel Comics before he was invited to do an issue of Iron Man. Thanos was initially much skinnier before editor Roy Thomas suggested making him broader, saying that if they were going to steal from the new gods, they might as well rip them off fully. <laughs> so fair play, which is... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is they, they they did basically rip off Darkseid for for Thanos there. Da- Thanos has then since uh, since then the Mad Titan has gone on to uh, court death against Captain Marvel, Secret of Defenders, Thor, the Avengers, X Man, X Men, the Hulk, Guardians X-Man. of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, Cable. Um, well, he was Cable at one point. I don't know whether he still is. I, I can't keep up with the comics anymore. I've I've kind of had to give up. Um, character thanos originally was a pacifist throughout his school years but became fascinated with nihilism entropy leading him to court the embodiment of death in mistress death thanos then used his combination of science mysticism and cybernetics to become the ultimate villain uh, thanos used his powers to find the cosmic cube using it to make him omnipotent until the avengers destroyed the cosmic cube i haven't read that i'll be honest um, yeah some very weird stuff with his whole yeah. He's destroying half the half the universe to impress his girlfriend aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it though. Uh Thanos then started siphoning power from adult Warlock, uh, who had a little trinket called a soul gem. Um, which is part of the Infinity Gems. Ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. Um uh, to impress his main squeeze, Lady Death again. Uh Warlock summons the Avengers and Captain Marvel again to defeat Thanos. Thanos it suddenly makes sense Dan says <laughs> um, we're talking about Thanos though in the movies Thanos is a mastermind of the Infinity Saga attempting to unite all the Infinity Stones and it's played by Josh Brolin that we already know prior to filming ILM got Josh Brolin to demonstrate a wide variety of emotions for a facial scanning system called Medusa and they put all these uh, put all the facial scans into Medusa then combined it with his mocap work whilst filming uh, Infinity War and Endgame and then plopped them all into a system called uh, Masquerade that used machine learning to combine the facial expressions and what he did on set to create a high-res image that was then given to the animators to work their magic to create Thanos. There we go. Yeah, it's it, it's a... In terms of like a, a, a CG character, it is an absolute standout. It's crazy. Uh, but by by the time you get to Infinity War, mm. if you go back and look at when you first get a glimpse of him, he looks like one of Ronald McDonald's mates. He doesn't look good. Um, it's not good. He's too purple. Mm. It's The armour is silly. The floating mm. chair is silly. But by the time he gets to Infinity War, like the the way like the light sort of shine the, the the subsurface scattering in his skin the way the mm. light catches the tiny little sort of stubbly hairs on him and just yeah the, the the facial capture work is is amazing yeah it, it so really with, with is those characters always even if something is completely like motion capture driven or, or facial performance capture driven there's still a huge amount of work that the animators do it's very much a a team effort mm. i think those when when there's awards for these types of characters it sh- it should not it's not just down to the motion capture actor because all that is is the it's yeah. like the base reference for the performance but they do not just take those movements and send them straight through the pipeline to the finished result every frame is handcrafted as well if both, they're both time and money and effort into it both medusa for the uh capturing the the facial expressions and masquerade for putting the mocap and the facial expressions together have both won awards like yeah and it's, and it's, it's fairly it's obvious quite, to see quite incredible because when you the the anim, animating a face is one of the the hardest things to do mm. 
in CG. It's it's quite incredibly difficult. And if you want to look at, you know, when it when it goes badly, look at Superman's lip with the the tash removal. Yeah, that that is the hardest part of a face to animate. Apparently, yeah, the, the lip because the way all the muscles and tendons and skin connect. If if you move anything, something around here is going to move as well. So you can't just animate someone's lip. They're not so still, and the rest of their face is moving because you stuck a picture of Henry Cavill with no tash on there. It, I was about to say, I think you find you can do it. I mean, it looks terrible, but yeah, it you looked, can it looked do it. very bad. It like it looked distracting. It wasn't even just that oh, something a little bit off there. Mm. It was, man, what the fuck has happened to his face? Yeah, that yeah. is a handsome, handsome face. And it is frightening me right now. What's yeah, someone, going on? Someone has repainted the Mona Lisa with that one. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. The um, That visual effects channel that I follow on YouTube, the, mm. uh, the Corridor Crew channel, they've done a, a moustache cut of Superman where they've put the tash into the rest of the movie. <laughs> so you've got a full, like, a full tash version of loads of scenes. <laughs> I like it. I'll have to watch that. Um, have they done the butthole version of Cats yet? I mean, they've they've talked about it. I don't think anyone actually wants to see that. I want to see that. Like, that is the craziest thing. The problem is that you would also have to be watching Cats. I'd watch it. I, that's the only, that's the uh, that's the only way I'm ever going to watch that film is if we put the buttholes back into it. Mm-hmm. Someone decided that was a good idea. That the, blows my mind every single time that someone decided. Let's do a version of this with the cat's assholes in it. Yeah. It's, I gotta see it. I've gotta see it. Because they, it wasn't like they just had the idea. They did it. They actually did it and then went back and went, nah, remove the assholes. It wasn't just like some crazy idea on a whiteboard. They did <laughs> this. And I've got to see it now. I've got to you, see those cat's assholes. You have assholes. access to a cat, don't you? That's different. <laughs> you can peer at a cat's butthole. Anytime you want. Ah, oh, it's not the same though. Like, I've. It's. I just. I can't get my get, head around. Get the it. Blu-ray of Cats. Yeah. Watch it, and then just hold your own cat's asshole up to the screen <laughs> in the right places. Just. Ah, uh, this. I don't, I don't know whether. I'm, and then you'll get the. I think what you need to achieve maximum satisfaction is a combination of looking at a cat's asshole and hearing Judy Dench and James Corden's voices. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's the the ultimate night in, really, isn't it? That's what you need, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, no, come on. If 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 they release the asshole mix, you will watch it, right? The like, asshole mix. Yeah, what's release the release the butthole cut. Come on, we got the Snyder cut. That was average. Let's mm. let's get the um let's get the butthole mix of cats. Let's live sure. a little. <laughs> We're getting everything. Apparently, there's going to be a new version of the air cut of Suicide Squad. There's going to be a new version of fucking of um what's the other snyder one that was rubbish um we talked about it last sucker week punch. sucker punch yeah we're getting a new version of that give us the butthole mix of cats just just like just give us it please um yeah i like thanos it, he is one of few cgi characters that actually looks i want to say real but you know what i mean like he interacts with the other characters really well. Yeah. It's not yeah. like when you've seen Jar Jar Binks talking to um, Ewan McGregor. He look, he looks real for the world that he's in. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there, there are some shonky CGI moments in the Marvel movies, mm. even the later ones. Definitely. Um, the big fight in Wakanda, the bit where Bruce sticks his head out of the oh, it looks awful. Big Hulk suit, and he's got like a five foot long neck. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it, and it seems to work. move within the suit as well. Yeah, like there, there are some dodgy bits, and like bad CG is more often than not, it's a case of budget or time not being there rather yeah. than people being incompetent. There's only you know if you've got two days to turn around a shot, there is only so much that you can do, or if there wasn't enough thought put into something during principal photography and you've been left with an impossible task, mm. that kind of thing. So normally, normally when CG is bad, it is for a, a reason rather than somebody made a mistake. Yeah. But um, yeah, even, even in those Marvel movies, there are some sort of slightly iffy shots. Yeah. Is there a butthole mix of Thanos though? I don't know. 
I could probably find one. I don't know if you ever see his ass, do you? I don't think so. No. Maybe you should pause it just right in the big fight scene at the end. I'm playing Resident Evil um, Village at the moment, and I'm, I'm way behind everyone else. I, I finally got to Lady Dimitrescu, and I kind of understand why there's a lot of thirsty people out there falling in love with this nine foot six lady. Now, I'm not saying I do, yeah. but I get why other people are. So, yeah. Yes, well, subscribe to Dan's other channels where he does hot tub Twitch streaming. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> well, no. Is there any money in that now? Is that, is that a thing? Oh, that that is very much a thing. Oh no, I know it's a thing, but like, didn't they take away like all all advertising revenue from it? I don't know. Broadly, it's hmm. it's one it's one of, you know when there's like some websites and you see an article pop up and you think there is nothing in this that has any relevance to my life. I'm not. Hmm. No, I'm not looking at that. I and I, I tend like to tend to like to read these things and things like that. Hmm. I just think this this has. This may as well be happening on another planet. I'm not reading that. I, I, okay, so so we're into it now. We're into the weeds. I don't have a problem with hot tub Twitch streaming. Like it's just essentially Babe Station, right? I, I I mean I don't have a problem with it in it. It's a sort of grubby workaround of the rules so that Twitch can say to advertisers we don't allow sexual content on our platform while still happily making money off of selling adverts that run next to channels showing teenage girls floating around in hot tubs. Mm. Yeah. You've hardly got the high ground there, have you? No, but I, I just, I, 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 don't worry, this, this is something that people get very, very worked up about. And I would say to those people, just watch porn. Or, so much simpler. Or the, the, the hot tub, there's a hot tub section now on Twitch. So that's good. So if you still like watching Twitch streamers in hot tubs, then yeah, I think I think they have. After there's a bit of fuss about, I think they have sort of hived it off so they can take the um, the advertising off of it. But Twitch are not a company that cover themselves in glory when it comes to this sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, not like YouTube. Well, I mean, none of them are really because it comes to that unfortunate bit where your morals and your purpose and all that sort of stuff crash headlong into how you make your money 100% anyway Thanos is a really good villain um, worked really well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. uh, I don't agree with anyone that thinks you know what Thanos was right no he wasn't he's talking about wiping out half of all life that's never a solution to anything no so um, no. Like that is yeah. not to say that, that, that obviously there would be and they talk about this in the mm. films as well like some things would have been better in certain ways if the population of everything is reduced by half. But that does not mean that it was a good thing to do. No, that's not the correct solution to that problem. I mean, he's been fairly unambiguously presented as the baddie. Yeah. Over this. Yeah. There's and moments when you feel sympathetic because he I has his, like, mummy-daughter. The soldier had not been quite such a mess plot-wise, there could have been some really interesting stuff to look into there. What's that one, sorry? And Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. Although, like... You don't really get a sense of it, but that's meant to be basically the the terrorist group's motivation, isn't it? It's slightly but more it's... than that because because what's happened is because there's less governing bodies around to stop them moving from country to country to actually be comfortable. Uh, they've managed to find they've managed to find their fair share, basically, and it wasn't necessarily yeah, but, but, but it's it's not. It's not well done in that show, mm. is it? You don't really have a clear sense of who these people are, what happened to them, mm. why they're so angry, any of that stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I, but I still I, really I'm I'm a big fan of the the conspiracy theory that there was a whole bunch of stuff cut out because it was all about viruses. I've I've heard that. I've, yeah. I I think that might very well be the case. It makes sense because it is not like plot wise, mm. a lot of that show doesn't make sense, yeah. or is just very unsatisfying. I think there's like two, three really solid episodes in there. Really great liked. character stuff, great yeah. action stuff, great chemistry. Mm. But plot-wise, it just following on from WandaVision, which was so tight in that yeah. respect. Never mind. Yep. Uh, Thanos. He made it through, obviously. He big, he purple, he scary. He big, he purple, doesn't look like a cock. What? Um, Hans Gruber was the other one. Yeah, I'm going to bring up the uh, the West. 
Let's do it. Brackets. So Thanos took out the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. Loki, in a, a literal reenactment of something that actually happens. Dracula and Voldemort. And happy National Dracula Day, by the way. Which is a thing, apparently. Absolute of a sophisticated British villain, even though he's not British. Who, Voldemort? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 you froze, so I missed that. So. Oh, no, talking about Gruber. Oh, Gruber, yes. So, Hans Gruber, first major role for Alan Rickman. Um, he... The, the famous scene with Gruber's death... This is one of my favourite things. I haven't got much on Gruber, so it won't take long. Uh, this, he was, this is a good, good story. He's dropped 70 feet, and they let him go sooner than he expected. So the look of shock on his face is actual real shock, because he's just been dropped 70 feet without anyone telling him he's about to be dropped. It was kind of like, we'll yeah. drop you on three, and yeah. then they went on two yeah. type situation. And apparently he just never forgave him for that. <laughs> So very, he was genuinely annoyed about it, which makes sense. But it looks so good in the film. It does look good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the scene where Groot pretends to be an escaped hostage named Bill Clay was not originally included in the script, but apparently he'd practiced a convincing American accent, so they wanted to include it in there. Um, and according to 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 other actors, Rickman researched uh, to perfect his German accent and was even able to achieve the German English dialect throughout the film. Hans Gruber is just a really good bad guy. And what I would say about Hans Gruber, uh, for starters, Empire had him ranked 17th in the greatest movie characters of all time. John McClane was 12th, although I'd probably swap them. Um, mm. He kind of spawned that movie villain. Yeah, I, don't I mean, that if, really if you look at then. the sort of the Hans Gruber type and think, ah, mm. oh, it's a bit overdone and overplayed, yeah. he was the first one of yeah. the suave sophisticated besuited you know he's he's not a psychopath he's no. not crazy he's just executing very ruthlessly on his plan and it became a bit of a 90s thing didn't it like yeah the, but like the, yeah. think about action movies before die hard so like bruce willis as an action hero was a really unlikely prospect at that time he, mm. he was not seen in that way yeah, this is when it was like Arnie and um, Sylvester Stallone and people like that mm. who don't look like actual humans. Yeah, They were your action stars. And movies were... They were sort of... Like, like Die Hard's actually quite small scale, mm. really, isn't it? It's a small... You know, it's one building. It's a small group of people. I mean, yeah, obviously some, some crazy shit happens, but it's just like a cop and some robbers, yeah. really, when you come down to it. It's a really simple plot. Yeah, um, and it's it's entirely elevated by the characters in it, including Gruber, who is an amazing villain. And yeah. as we say, it's become kind of an archetype now. It's it's a bit of a cliche, and now, and really, it's because Alan Rickman did such a good job with Hans Gruber, probably putting some of that genuine pissed offness into it. Um, because he was dropped 70 first without being told he was going to be dropped. I loved that. I loved reading that. What That's just so good. So, like, I'm never going to be able to watch that with a straight face again because every because he, he falls in slow motion, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, you only yeah. really see him fall a foot or two. But yeah. That, that, they couldn't have a map just underneath him, could they? they no. To see that he was over nothing. But that look, the fact that he's not really acting there now really adds something to it. <laughs> it's so good. I can't believe they used it as well. Brilliant. <laughs> Hans Gruber's a great bad guy, but there really isn't too much to talk about him. Alan Rickman kind of just kills the role. Uh, Alan Rickman, you couldn't put anyone else in that role and it, would be, it wouldn't be Hans Gruber. This is not yeah. something... I mean, actors, I mean, writers had something to do with it, but this is mostly about an actor really taking on a role and making it their own. And that's what Hans Gruber's done. Yeah. I've got not got too much to add on to that, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he, he brought quite a lot to that. It was not just a, uh, I'll read the lines out type situation. 100%. So Gruber made it through versus Thanos. 
Yeah. So who did who did Gruber take out on his way? Hades, probably not much of a, a threat there. Hal, personal favourite of mine, but then I, so I, Gruber. I would have Anton Chigur should have beaten Hal. Mm, I stand by that. Anton Chigur mm, should be in the nah. final. Anton Chigur is one of the best villains. And they took out the Alien Queen and the Terminator. It's pretty good so, going. I mean, fairly hefty opposition faced on the way to the final there for, yeah. for Hans Gruber. And winning the so, matchup. Out of yeah. Gruber and Thanos, who goes through to the Super Bowl? The purple giant dildo himself, Thanos, makes what? it through. And we've got Thanos versus the Joker in the final. Thanos and the Joker. Not, I, I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'd have had a guess, I would have gone Gruber, Vader. I think, yeah, I think Gruber Vader is, was what I would have put money on mm. at the start of this. But yeah, but no, yeah, Thanos the Joker. Blimey, that will go up some point this week, I'm sure. Yeah, so look yeah. out for the for the polls popping up on Twitter and Instagram if you're yeah. feeling particularly strong about this. Get registering those fake accounts now. Do it, or yeah, or just use like podcast accounts or whatever. That's what I, I mean. That's what other people do. Um, so <laughs> it's. Um, a couple of other things we want to talk about. Did you see the Eternals yeah. trailer? I did. I watched it today. Looking, I really like it. Very not. It, it looks Marvel and not Marvel. It, yeah. it, it look, I think this is going to be very different to some of the stuff that we've seen before. They didn't show a single action good. scene. Yeah, there's been four hundred of these movies so far. So yeah. you know, there's there's room for some some difference there. It looks looks like we're going to get a very different characters in this film as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking epic in a way that Marvel movies have not been so far. Mm. I mean, it covers basically the entirety of human civilization by the looks of things. So I don't think it's going to be all fighting cool. as well, which is nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's it's it, it looks amazing. And if you haven't read Neil Gaiman's Eternals, it's really really good. Um, two other trailers that I want to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Bass says, I feel like the fact that Vader and Gruber lost shows a different generation is taking over in these things, not our old asses who grew up with them. Possibly. Yeah. Doesn't everyone watch Die Hard at Christmas now, though? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Also, I mean, I do probably have to say that most of the people voting on this are old people like us. Yeah. Like, most of them voted and then sent me a message saying, get off my lawn. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine most younger people are just having sex on TikTok at the moment. I'm pretty certain that's how it works, right? As far as I understand it, yeah. That's how you do a TikTok, mm. from from what I understand. Um, two other films that I want to I mention. I, I, I mean, I love movie trailers, but, um, yeah, a couple of other films that, that have we've seen, just seen trailers for that I'm kind of obsessed with. Gunpowder Milkshake. Did you watch this one? I'm, I'm not familiar with this one, no. Who's this? Karen Gillan does John Wick, basically. Okay, I'm in. Other, I'm, I'm 100% invested in this. Other lady actors forming a group of, like... We'll watch it afterwards. It looks awesome. It looks really, really good. Um, and slightly different, the Edgar Wright movie Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I've seen this one. Oh, this looks incredible. Looks Although, so good. I think it... It does look like it owes a huge debt to Goodnight Sweetheart. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking that as well. Um, no, it looks it, very cool. Like ultra stylish. It yeah. looks like a like um, it almost looks a bit like a sort of a Gaspar Noé type vibe to it. Mm, um, yes, but hopefully it will make sense. I think it probably will. This is Edgar Wright, and I think it will be. Well, obviously involve a lot of music as well. Um, mm. What I like about it, it looks fantastic. It looks like he's doing a horror film for starters as well. Yeah, it looks scary. Yeah. In in a way that we haven't really seen him playing with before. I mean, Shaun of the Dead. But that's like, that's sort of yeah. a splattery hammer horror type scary. Yeah. This looks like a, a more sort of, sort of psychological thriller type scary. Yeah, it does look good. Uh, it's got uh, Anna Taylor-Joy in, who I think is an excellent actor. She was mm-hmm. fantastic in The Vavitch. I know it's called The Witch, but whatever. Um, and also, one of my... And Queen's fav- Gambit, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've never watched Queen's, I watched Queen's Gambit. I mean, it's it's very good. I've heard that. I'll watch it. I will watch it, but currently watching Superstore. <laughs> um, so, um, and also very good. I'm really enjoying <laughs> it's, it. It's really, really good. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, who was in um, Leave Without Trace, Leave No Trace, 
Is it Leave Without Trace? I can't remember. I, that was my favourite film of that year, but I can't remember the title of it. Leave Without Trace. Uh, and um, more recently, Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. She was the the girl in the in the in the cupboard in 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 um, Jojo Rabbit, and she she's fantastic in in both those things that I've seen. So I would imagine this will be more of the same. So this film looks excellent. Very very excited about that. Yeah. Anything you've been up to? Just hitting Mass Effect. How's really? that going? I haven't, I haven't started I'm, yet. Absolutely. It, I think it's like we said last time. It, it plays like you remember it, mm. which means how the Mako drove in the original must have been so bad because it's quite bad in this and it's been massively improved. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a lovely experience going back. Nice. Loads of, like, there is loads of stuff I don't remember in Mass Effect, which is good. Mm. Because it's so, I think just because it's so big, and I, I deliberately chose different backstory stuff, so you do get a couple of different assignment missions. I think depending on what you chose as your, um, like your origin path and that kind of stuff. Nice. So, uh, Had to give it a go. I've heard good things. I'm sure it's sure it's all right. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Kind of want to complete Resident Evil Village before I move on, though. Because if I don't complete it, I know me, and I won't go back to it because I'll be like, I'm not going to play the scary game anymore. Mm-hmm. So I need to just play it, and and you say you've been watching Superstore as well. Yeah, so Shah was watching it, and I've kind of like, I've I've seen probably about a third of the episodes, and yeah. really up. So we're going to go back and watch it properly, all the way through. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, if you are a fan of inoffensive American workplace sitcoms, yeah, it's an excellent one, and deals with real issues as well. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose you couldn't. You you would come across as starting to be a bit bullshitty if you tried to have a thing set in a big box store in the US and didn't hmm. talk about things like employment contracts and health benefits and immigration and unionization. I've just started watching people and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, but they they actually they lean into that stuff and get some really good stories out of it. Hmm. I was, I'm so surprised. I kind of put it on on a whim, expecting a truly terrible show because the trailers they've got on Netflix make it look not very good. I, I think those what, trailers are like generated by some Netflix AI. I don't think yeah. they're actual trailers. That they think that these are the jokes that people are going to enjoy, but it's mm. it's way better than that. So, but I'm also rewatching Parks and Recreation as well. Nice. And I've just re caught up on the Hundred. Did you ever watch it? no it's it's okay like it's 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 not i've kind of got into it so it's good it's but like like for me there's still bsg expanse firefly here and then there's like these other ones that are quite close to it but i've really i've really enjoyed re-watching it but i only re-watched it because i wanted to catch up because i haven't i've never watched season six and Amazon Prime promised me it was on there, so I rewatched season five, and then Amazon Prime have got it to buy on there rather than. Uh, so it kind of yeah, I wasted kind that. of some time rewatching something I'd already watched, but there we go. That's it. I think. I think we're done. Boom! Boom! You, you, shall I close this out? Don't know how this works. Yeah, I think I was just sort of sitting here waiting for waiting for Tom to chirp up. <sighs> so yes, yeah, so that's it from us for this time. We're going to go away now, sit in our houses, and then we'll come back in about a week or so, and we'll do another one. Sound good? Great. Shall I? Shall I do like the the social medias and stuff? You you do that bit because then I can press the button that makes them come up while you're talking about it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now we're talking. I like I like doing that. That's my favourite bit. Um, so. If you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. It's at TMTOOH. I did I press the button. They're up there. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you well can't done, see yeah. it. You keep going. Yeah. They can see it. You can't see it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then come join our Discord. We are constantly talking about all things uh, comic-y, filmy, gamey, all kinds of stuff. Come join the Discord. It's a lot of fun. The link is on both the Twitter pinned to the top and on our instagram bio um uh, bass quickly has just said uh see we don't need the other guys yeah fuck them correct uh, and um dan says antoine sugar should have gotten to the final at least and i agree 
Dan, I'm 100% with you. He's one of my favourite bad guys. And Bass has also said, go watch Queen's Gambit. So I might just do that now. Queen, Queen's Gambit's really good. I've you can get that. through it pretty quickly. I have heard that. I might watch it. I've got to do some washing up, so I might watch Queen's Gambit while I'm watching washing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, social media-wise. Oh, uh, a couple of pods went up this week because I'm clearing my backlog because I had a bit of free time. Um, so um, the our last pod went up. Two Marvel in Marvel pods went up. Uh, our Invincible review. Have you watched that yet, Russ? No. It's really fucking good. Really good. Well worth a watch. Um, And um, top five Keanu films that aren't John Wick, Matrix, or Bill and Ted. I mean, that's what we've just done. The Notebook. Was he in The Notebook? No, what what, what am I thinking? What's the one where he's The Lake House? Yeah. Yeah. That didn't make my list, funnily enough. Constantine was my number one. Spoilers. I do, I do enjoy Constantine. I really like Constantine. So, um, Constantine replacements, Point Break, um, Dracula is another one he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devil, oh my god, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. How did I forget that? Um, loads of other ones as well that I'm trying to remember now that I can't quite remember. It's been in loads of films, isn't it? My honourable mention was Keanu, the film Keanu with the cat who, when he does eventually talk, it turns out to be Keanu Reeves doing the voice, which I really liked. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it was a fun pod to put together. And you realise that Keanu Reeves has done a load of really good films. Well, mm-hmm. films I enjoyed. So yeah. Oh, Johnny Mnemonic, Scanner Darkly. There we go, a couple of extra ones there. I'm done. Boom. So I take us out? You have to say, cue the music. Okay, thank you for watching, guys. Uh, as Bass says, uh, go watch Invincible now. It's sure. really good. Bass is our, our our biggest proponent for Invincible, so yeah, go watch it. Um, thank you for for joining us on the stream. If you've listened to the podcast, I mean, you can watch us on this stream. We do nine o'clock every Wednesday. I'm not saying you definitely should do it, but I mean, it would be nice if you came and, and enjoyed our company. I'm trying to be as passive aggressive as Tom, and I'm failing miserably. Anyway. You just see it as an opportunity. If we say stuff that gets you really angry, if you if you come and watch us stream it, you can shout that shit right at us instead of just howling into the void. Exactly. Unless you prefer howling into the void, which I totally understand as well. Mm. I'm off to howl into the void actually now. So goodbye everyone. That's what you call it, is it? I'm <laughs> um, goodbye everyone. Uh, thank you for watching slash listening. With that, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs>